0: the vibes, man. I miss saying that. Welcome back oh. to the Hoop Genius Podcast, presented by NBA 2K23. Myself, Moomoo, alongside me, as always the legendary one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong.
1: What's good? What's good, bro? Well, the season's it's over. It's been a minute. And now it's your. Now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All of the off-season stuff. So. <laughs> so,
0: the finals finished on what Wednesday last week. Thursday? I can't remember. It feels like forever since we did one of these. Um took a few days off to rest and recover. Um, how
1: was your time off, as it were? I know you stay busy, but uh yeah, away from the podcast. Good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. You know, just hanging out, family. You know, now heading into spring, so you know it's uh it's good. I can't complain. What about you?
0: Uh I, I was having a great time.
1: You know, BJ. I was having a great time. Oh, you always do, and- <laughs> That's one thing about you right now.
0: Yeah, I- well, we ain't gonna talk <laughs> about that part, but uh I also thought, you know, the the season's finished. So let me get back to... Let me get back to hooping. I'm going to hit the gym hard, get in better shape. Um, So I went to play ball on Friday night. Had a great time running some two-on-two, played some pickup. And then I said, okay, cool, Saturday, let's run it back. And, um, you know, so we're playing... We're just down at the park playing, right? There's a, a park with lights on. near me at nighttime, it's great. Although the court is awful. And, um, you know, there's just two two random guys there. So I said to my boy, yo, let's play these guys two on two. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to play them. They look like they'll win. I said, my brother, listen, what's the worst that can happen? How are you going to be scared just because they look good, you know, dunking the ball and practicing and warm-ups? So we, we started playing them. We're playing up to seven. We're up 5-3, right? I've hit five straight buckets. Oh, okay. The other team takes a shot. There's no one around me, BJ. Nobody around me. They miss. I go up to grab the rebound. And in the process of flinging my arm upwards to grab the rebound, guess what happens? Your back goes up. My shoulder dislocates out of the socket. And those two days were the end of my summer basketball career. (laughs) Because I now have one working arm. Um, And... I can't see a doctor until next Thursday, not this Thursday, this week, next week, Thursday, I can't see the shoulder specialist wow. until then. Um, so yeah, UK government, if you're listening, please fix uh, the health service. Um, and then, yeah, I went to a family dinner a couple of days after, and I found out that it's actually very common in my family about three or four of my uncles and aunties all have the same problem of their shoulder, just dislocated at will. So that's enough about me. Um, Speaking of dislocations, Bradley Beal dislocated from the Washington Wizards. How's that for a segue?
1: Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's let's talk about that. That's the big news,
0: right? We've got the draft coming up. We've got free agency going to start soon. Even just moving my hand there, just absolutely ruined my arm. Um, Bradley Beal traded from the Washington Wizards to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, some second round picks and some future pick swaps. BJ, what was your initial reaction when you heard
1: this story break in yesterday? Well, when Michael Winger um, took the job there, my initial reaction was to immediately see what direction this franchise was going to move in. Were they going to try to you know, continue to go down the path that they were, or were they going to do a total rebuild? And as it looks, look like the total rebuild is in place. So my initial reaction was, how are they going to move all of the parts to this contract, right? He had a no trade, he had a trade kicker and all of those things. Yeah. And who would absorb that? Like, which which team would absorb a player that's going to be making over $50 million at the latter part of his career? Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, that's going to be tough to do. However, there's always one. And that one has proven to be the Phoenix Suns. Now, on the surface, it would look like, well, they didn't get much back in return. But that was the goal. They didn't want anything back in return. (laughs) They are going for a total rebuild. They they want to become
0: OKC. They want to become OKC. They've seen what OKC have got, and they want to do that. They want to clear the cap space. They want other teams to be able to dump contracts on them in exchange for first-round picks, get some new young guys in the draft, develop them, and then rebuild from scratch.
1: Yeah. It, th- those sound great. I mean, it sounds great. I, it really does. However, you know, there's always three sides to the story, right? It's your side, which is in this case is the, you know, the management has the choice to do whatever they want to do. Right. You have the player side. I don't know a player yet that's that has survived a a a, a tanking process. <laughs> mm. Like, Hey, Hey, like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get you. I'm going to get you. So that I can be bad right I don't know how you survive that right there there has to be you know you know what it would be an interesting study what is the trauma <laughs> from going through a process because you can look at the Philadelphia 76ers right now and you could still see the trauma that is that that went through the building since the beginning of this process till now mm-hmm. there's trauma there right you because losing is not a not a big deal if you're trying, if you're doing your best and you play against somebody, and they do their best, I can deal with that. The problem is when you start doing it on purpose, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, what's the trauma from that? That would be an interesting case study. So, you know, there's your side, it's their, the player side, and then there's the truth. The truth of it is, that's what makes sports great. People actually have the choice to do your very best. And sometimes you win and sometimes you don't win but the fact that you did your best that's your truth that's the truth of this is who we are right now as a as a team doesn't mean that we can't improve or get better but uh and saying all of that you know the 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 Washington Wizards have made this choice now and we'll see where it goes out i, I don't know how it plays out but we'll see well
0: i mean there's two sides to look at. You know, there's three sides to every story, but there's two sides to look at on this trade. The Washington side, which you summarized nicely, and the Phoenix side. We'll go on to the Phoenix side. For me, the Washington yes. side, I think is ridiculous because if your goal was to clear your cap space, you could have just let him walk as a free agent. You didn't need to give Who? him Bradley Beal. You didn't need to give him... No,
1: he, the- has a, he, has a, he, has, he has some
0: years left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he was a free agent last summer and he signed a Supermax oh. deal with the no-trade clause, he could have just walked, and you would have been in the same situation. And the reason for that, me saying that, is if you're going to tank, you'd want to tank this year with Victor Wembanyama coming out of the draft. Why would you want to start your tank the year after the generational prospect? You know, this whole season, if you rewind 12 months, everyone's talking about tank for Wemby. Surely that would have been a much better plan then waiting, okay, cool, the Spurs game won't be will tank for someone else. So that's my first thing. The second thing is agreeing to give him a no-trade clause was just completely unnecessary as well because you're giving him a supermax deal. What more do you want? Because the no-trade clause allowed Bradley Beal to not only decide where he was traded to, but he also decided which players were coming back to Washington in the trade. You know, if you're the Wizards, you could have traded Beal to Phoenix in this deal, but instead of Chris Paul, you could have put in DeAndre Ayton. And then you've got a young big man who's, you know, not had the best start to his career, but maybe in a new setting, might be able to develop whilst you are tanking and you might end up with a really good prospect. Instead, he's decided that you have to trade for Chris Paul instead of DeAndre and because I don't want Phoenix to give him up in this deal. So that was horrific from the Washington general manager who was there before, or the whole front office who was there before. That was a really bad idea. Um, They made the move now, Bradley Beal strong-armed him, I believe his agent managed to get Bradley Beal traded to the team where his father or his son is the president of basketball operations, the Phoenix Suns, and um, now the Phoenix Suns have got a big three, Booker, Beal, and Durant. I like this move for Phoenix, because everyone's saying they've got worse and they're worried about the depth. Is having Chris Paul and Landry Shamut really that much better than having Bradley Beal? I'd rather have Bradley Beal than those two guys. You've got Chris Paul, who's going to be turning 39, always injured in the playoffs. Landry Shamet, respectfully, I'm not too fussed about losing him. You've now got Bradley Beal, who put up 23 a game on 50% shooting. All the other players who did that were All-Stars. So I understand Phoenix doing this. They've pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. They traded for Durant. Now they've traded for Beal. They have absolutely no depth. They're going to, what, look to retain the current free agents that they have, all the guys playing on a minimum. But they've basically got a two-year window now to win a championship. Because after these two years, Kevin Durant's contract's up, and he's, what, 35? Bradley Bill's got the no-trade clause. That transfers with him to the team he's traded to. So it's not like the Suns can move off his contract. So then you're going to be left with Bradley Bill and Booker, assuming Kevin Durant deteriorates at some point, he's had an injury history or he wants to change his scenery before he retires. So long term, I don't know how that's going to work out, but you've basically got two years now to win a championship. And here's what's fascinating to me, BJ. We've all just watched the Demo Nuggets win the championship. If you look at the Demon Nuggets, you've got your superstar, you've got your Nikola Jokic, you've got your co-star, Jamal Murray, that's Booker and that's Durant. You've got your third supposed star, Michael Porter Jr., who had a horrific NBA finals, but it was thanks to Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Christian Brown, the role players that stepped up and it was the depth that really helped them win this championship. No one could win a championship alone. Whereas the Phoenix Suns now have given up their depth in Bridges and Cam Johnson and Chris Paul in exchange for a very top heavy roster. Do you think that this is a championship roster?
1: Well, you know, well, that's, a, that's a lot to say. I mean, you, you said so much in that <laughs> in that um, whole thing. Um, I mean, well, it's it's in the first stages of the process, right? I mean, there's, there's more work to be done as they're putting together their team. So that that answer will be answered, if you will, at, by the end of the summer or the start of next season, right? There's a lot of work to do. You know, as far as Michael Porter, I mean, it's always about matchups and they did something right there in Denver because he was the starter the entire season. Okay. He was the starter for the entire season. That's why, you know, we always say here, it's always about talent and depth. You got to have depth to win. Now, when you see top heavy teams, right, we've seen top heavy teams Mm -hmm. before, it never works. The reason it can't work is because you have to have a complete roster because at some point here, you know, every player, believe it or not, has a player or a matchup that doesn't favor them. Every player. I've never seen a player that didn't have a a matchup that didn't, that that they were favored a hundred percent of the time. So now at the top of this roster, you have three offensive players three really good offensive players. Now my question would be, okay, where are these players going to play and how they're going to match up? Okay. Devin Booker, in my opinion right now, he's a, he's a top 10 player in this league at the very least. He's a top 15 player Mm -hmm. in this league. Kevin Durant still believe he's a top 10 player in this league. And Bradley bill has had some health concerns. An all star caliber player. Now, where are they? It, it, It's all about putting together a team. Now you're, you've put together a collection of individuals, but now where does this team play? Now Just that, to jump to in me, real,
0: real quick, you're talking about the health concerns. In the last two seasons, Bradley Bill has missed 55% of his team's games. Kevin Durant has missed, uh, has only played 63% of his team's games. Devin Booker, even 74%. So not one of their big three has been healthy for three quarters of their teams in the last two seasons.
1: So whether they're healthy or whatever the case may be, now it comes down to the following. Okay, how how are they going to mesh this thing together? Okay, so you know, as I'm looking at their team, I'm going, okay, they have Kevin Durant, in my opinion, at this stage of his career, even though he's a seven footer. He's, his advantage is at the small forward position. Mm-hmm. Reason being is because you don't want him be, banging around with Aaron Gordon and Draymond and those guys at his size, at this stage of his career. That's just my my opinion. Now, what he can do is I want him playing against you know, Michael Porter Jr., who's 6'10", 6'11". I want him playing against smaller players with, with with smaller body types. Like, so if he plays a power forward position, there's a difference between guarding Brandon Ingram and guarding Zion. Yep. Okay, I don't want Kevin Durant guarding Zion. Yeah, this it's state. just a lot of physicality,
0: especially for a guy with the it's, Achilles yeah, like the, and the
1: knee. He's getting older. Just to, just just, just okay, I just want him to play against smaller athletes that fit his body type at this stage of his career. I don't want him banging with Zion and all those things. Now, can he do it? Yes, of course he can. But for 82 games plus the playoffs, no, I don't want him doing that. So now that brings me to believe that they that they think that Bradley Beal or Devin Booker can mimic the one the one position. That's what it leads me to believe.
0: Yeah, Devin Booker had a good stretch when Chris Paul was out injured. He did play fantastically okay. at that point in our position. But the whole narrative around Devin Booker was. Oh, they finally unlocked Devin Booker by bringing in a true point guard in Chris Paul and even Ricky Rubio before that to allow Booker to not have to be the point guard. But now he's right where he began, albeit with a massive upgrade in the talent around him, at the two and the three. But you're the best of Devin Booker we've seen
1: is when he's the two with a point two. guard yeah, facilitated. He, to me, it's, it's not a, to say he can't do it. Though. Where he's at in his career, he's the youngest, I believe, of the group, of the three. Yes, so, so Devin Booker to me is the two, right? It, what, what now Kevin Durant to me is the three. And at least meetably the Bradley bill will probably be the one. Okay. Or we'll have to mimic that position. So I, I, I guess it works. I, I don't, I'll have to wait and see. I think it's a problem that you would love to have as a coach, because you're saying, you know, you got three talented guys and now we have to figure out how to play. You have the five with DeAndre Ayton. So now I would think they they would look to plug in a four who could play, do the dirty work as a four, and then allow them to have size. Now, if you're telling me they're going to play with that size and then have depth to bring in different depending on you know matchups and all that, okay, I can buy into that. I'm not saying you have to play that way for 48 minutes. However, one thing they're going to need, they're going to need some type of lead guard that's going to have to come in and play. And then they're gonna need a foreman who can do all the dirty work. Do you
0: see them do trading that. DeAndre
1: Ayton to get some of these pieces? You know, you know, Mo, I was talking to some some people today. And listen, now Mo, this is a copycat league. The team that is won is a big team. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray is a nice size for his position. Okay call call will pope is what six six or so six 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 seven and then you got michael porter he's every but six ten to seven feet aaron gordon six nine at least and then you have Jokic at seven seven one so mo it's impossible to me to play against the defending world champions now you are gonna have to go through group. them
0: in the west you're gonna have to go through them
1: okay they're gonna be there and at their age you're thinking they're going to make a nice little run here. Let's just say three to five years, they're going to be in contention, okay? I think you have to be big now. So I think if they win again next year, suddenly now the league has to change because you're saying Jokic, he's already shown that he can dominate. Jokic can dominate now. So now if they win again, now, Mo, he is the most dominant player, hands down. Okay, individually and, and collectively. I, I would think, Mo, that all of these executives who feel they have a chance to win, especially in the Western Conference and in the Eastern Conference, because you got to see them in the finals, you better have a minimum of 12 big bodies, 12 fouls to play against him. He's just too big and he's too good. I don't, Mo, you can't defend him with just, you can't play small against him for sure. Yeah, and you better have big enough bodies to at least be able to hold him up to double him with another big guy. So I would think Mo that as you are building your teams now, if you're in Miami, you're going, hey, we love Bam, but he's just not big enough. He's not big enough. But if you could have Bam playing against Aaron Gordon, yeah, Bam and should be the four other big bodies at the four and Brooke two Lopez. big bodies to play against him. Bring me Brook Lopez if I'm or Miami. somebody like that. Now you're talking a different game. You're saying at least we can match up. You got to match up with Jokic because he is so big of a man and he he's so skilled. So I would think, Mo, that there will be a there will be a shift here, possibly with this season. But I think the shift is already happening because if Jokic is there, you better be prepared for it. you, yep. you better be prepared for playing against him because you can't play against him with a small body. Now, DeAndre Ayton is a big body. He did nothing now, against him. But the year before they swept them.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
1: uh, uh, but you then know who, what I mean? Like who else the year was on the roster, or, I mean,
0: you're playing without Murray and Porter that year before. So, okay.
1: okay cool. that, that, however you want to slice it. I'm just saying, I don't care who it is. You better be able to match up with him. I'm not, no one can stop Jokic. So this isn't like who's better than Jokic. You better have the size to play against him. Now in a seven game series. Okay. I get it. Jokic has an advantage, but Deandre Ayton in the right scenario and the right matchup, he'll be able to get you 15 points and seven, eight rebounds, 10 rebounds. He could easily do 20 and 10. Is it Jokic 30 and 20? No, but It's it's an interesting dynamic
0: now, though, because DeAndre Ayan came into the league as the number one overall pick. He's gone from being looked at as a second option, and then Chris Paul arrives. He's now a third option, and now Bradley Beal arrives, and now he's the fourth option on the team. So not even in a basketball sense, just in an ego sense of, you know, DeAndre has clearly been the top dog at every level before he got to the NBA, and then he was the number one pick. Do you think he would even buy in in this scenario? Because we know he's been unhappy being in Phoenix. He tried to leave and then they matched his salary. So he had to stay. But do you actually see that even working out from an off the court perspective?
1: Well, our listeners here, I have to, in full disclosure, right? You know, you got to look at the total picture. We're playing in a league now where bigs, all bigs have been devalued. That was That's what's so beautiful about watching Jokic and Joel Embiid. We, we, in for the last decade, we lived in a small ball era. Like it's easy to say, it's easy to say someone is now the second option, third option. We've devalued all bigs, not just DeAndre Ayton, who we're talking about here, all bigs. At one point, Brooke Lopez, who was an all-star in this league, was a minimum player in this league. Mm-hmm. Same player. Yep. Now, to his credit, he went from a low post scoring threat, all-star to a guy now who is a stretch five shooting threes. Not many people can make that level of transition because the game changed. The Warriors change the game. They change how we view bigs. We don't even see post-ups. Like there's only really two players now they have post-up opportunities. That's Jokic and Joel Embiid. This, this, is, this is what I was
0: talking about. We'll talk about Wemby later this week,
1: Um, you know, when we talk about the draft, but I was just saying
0: earlier, they're saying they're worried about how he's going to guard Bigs posting him up in the NBA, and I said, How many How many Bigs do you see getting post ups? One or two a game, unless it's Embiid or Jokic. You don't see Bigs even getting post ups anymore.
1: Well, I, I, when when Benyama is going to be a fascinating player to watch because he's not a big in a traditional sense. He can't be a big. He. He doesn't have the exactly. frame, he doesn't have the size, he doesn't have the weight. And the way the game is played today is entirely different. That's why Jokic is so fascinating because you're seeing this big man who can't run, who can't jump and all of those things, All right? We've said it a million times, but somehow he's been able to figure out how to play in this game where athleticism, speed and quickness is the predominant physical abilities that we, we tend to want. In today's, in today's athletes. However, he's different. You know, Joel Embiid is a different type of athlete, okay? Um, but both of them are fascinating players because we're playing in a small ball era. And hopefully with the success of Jokic now winning the championship, with the success of Embiid being the MVP this this past season, there will be a different shift back into the game. Maybe the game shifts back to the bigs now. Because Mm -hmm. let me tell you something, these bigs, and I've said this for years and I'll say it again, the five position was the last position to learn how to play in the small ball era. Why? It's because we devalued them. We took all fives out of the game. There's no more post-ups. The game is pace and space. The game is about shooting threes. We saw the Houston Rockets just a year ago to say PJ Tucker, we can win with PJ Tucker at the five. Mm-hmm. That's how that's what we did. Okay, so it is what it is. Let's make it right or wrong. You know, we, we're we not going to blame Golden State, we're not going to blame the game, just went to a five out offense. That's what we're running now, Mo, and everyone shoots threes. We'll see 50, 60 threes in a game this year coming up, and that's not going to include the five men. That's just what it is. Yep. Now, But if you're going to win the championship, which is different, you better be able to play against Jokic because he's the guy right now that everyone, because if he wins again this year, Mo, which I expect him to be in the hunt, now everyone's going to say, oh, wow, if we're going to win, we have to build a team that can beat him. So um, we'll see how it plays out. I, I, I think DeAndre Ayton is a really good player. I think DeAndre Ayton, like all bigs, are trying to figure it out. Uh, how to play in this league? It's not to say, you know, would you like to see him do different things? Yeah, but you know what? Let's, but we have to tell it like it is too. Bigs today are struggling playing in this new era. And he's not the only one. Mm. Okay. We're, we're, we're seeing Anthony Davis now, who admits he doesn't want to play the five, <laughs> playing the five. Yeah. Okay. We're seeing, all different types of scenarios now to play the game in this new era because everyone wants to take advantage of this, the analytics that say three is more, more than two. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I think the Phoenix Suns can be a really good team in the regular season. You know, you've got three guys that will give you 20, 25, 30 and I You can stagger your lineup so there's always at least one of them on the court at any given time. But the depth, And the defense concerns me because at this stage, Bradley Beal defensively, I don't know if you're going up against teams that have super quick guards that are explosive and can shoot and can attack the paint. I don't know if Bradley Beal and Devin Booker is a defensive backcourt as well that has some question marks for me. And then, of course, the depth, as we've said many times, that's my big query on them for a postseason run. And then also, what if one of them gets injured?
1: You already have a thin roster as it is. And then, as you said, it's currently constructed. But, Mo, that's what I'm saying, you we have to say that here, as it's currently constructed, which we know, you and I both know, and we got to mm-hmm. share that with the listeners. They're going to build out the roster. Yep. yep. Okay. They're going to build out the roster. Now, why? Why are they going to build it up? They're they're currently now, as we speak, they're trying to figure out what to do with Chris Paul. They're, they're going to try to include a third team. We don't know how that's all going to play out. And then once they construct their roster, you got the draft them from the draft they'll go to free agency and they're going to construct the team now this is an incomplete roster but you can see right now it's top heavy with those three all-star caliber players comes the expectations and they know that they're going to have to build it out but the, here's the thing they're committed mo financially to doing that mo it's not it's not like yep, I'm, they, I, respect, I like they, they're, they're committed to it so let's see before we say their depth or whatever let's see how they construct this team I, I because they have hey, a lot of work to do
0: i respect the owner you know matt Ishby has bought this team and he said trade for kevin durant all right now go get Bradley bill i don't care what the luxury tax is 200 million i'll pay that i respect it the ownership's not afraid to pay the price to compete and acquire stars at the highest level. But let us know in the Discord. Links in the description. Let us know what you think about the Bradley Beal trade. Uh, we'll be back with more. We're going to talk all things, trades, free agency, draft as we've got that coming up. BJ, appreciate it as always. It's good to be back. We get stopping anytime soon. So make sure you subscribe to the show, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and most importantly, get buckets.